Moto Spot Show. What's up, everybody? We are back. Episode 18. That's correct. Episode 18. Man, it's flown by these last weeks. Supercross is in. We have ended the first seven rounds of 250 East and have now started the 250 West. And I mean, I don't know if you want to say it at a start. We lost half the field after Saturday. But anyways, we have a guy on tonight that has been in the uh, first seven rounds. He has grinded in the trenches. He's had a rider that's been just lighting the field on fire and just crushing it he's also been a privateer mechanic and now is a full-blown factory mechanic and it's the one and only tj what's up buddy how are you i'm doing pretty good triple how you doing i'm good man just uh getting ready for this freaking sunshine the nashville weather has been shit lately like we had gnarly snow last week and people in tennessee uh, aren't used to that so it's been nutty i got a brother in dallas so he's going through kind of the same stuff yeah, I heard Dallas was really bad. One of our uh, reps, actually, his like house, not house, but his garage flooded. He had like a line burst because it was frozen and it thawed out, and then he came in and like the whole thing was flooded. I'm like, no way. So I can yeah. imagine what those guys and they've had gnarly pile ups on the freeway, and we actually shut down our Texas warehouse. Like, it's crazy out there right now. Yeah, it's not good. It's sunny in California. <laughs> Yeah, that's the one thing I miss. Like, I know all you California people hate living in California. You don't even bullshit me, but that's the one thing that's good is the weather. It's all you got going yeah. for you guys. <laughs> that's it. Yep, that's about it. So, but no, I mean, I miss it. Like, like you know what I mean? That's the, the tracks and everything, like, and all my friends, of course. But it is, uh, that's the one thing I do miss is just how beautiful it is out there. And you got the beach an hour, you got Big Bear, you know, a couple hours. I mean, you can do a lot in California. Don't get me wrong, but. I'm not going to lie. It's it's a lot cheaper to live in Tennessee. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, for you, like, you've traveled all over the country. Do you have, like, a favorite state that you've, like, if you could get out of California uh, and you could go, like, settle down somewhere, like, where would it be, you think? Uh, I'm a big fan of Tennessee or even Oklahoma. I've just spent a lot of time uh, kind of in both of those states. Okay. Um, so, but honestly, anywhere outside of California is pretty, is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, you got some, you know, wild girl that hangs out with you nonstop that I don't, you might get, get, it'd be hard for you to get her out of California. No, she wants to go. Does she want to? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, she would pack her bag. Okay. Yeah, I mean, her and, you know, my wife, we're talking about Emma, TJ's girlfriend, her and Emma, I've known her since she was yay tall, but like, I didn't ever think she'd want to leave. That's, so that's, so there you go. So you're not tied down. No. Yeah. No, I mean, we just, the only thing really keeping us here is, you know, KTM. Yeah, which we all, which we know eventually them guys are going to get out too. I I don't know for sure, but it just seems like everybody wants to get out. Yamaha's left, you know, it's, it's her, always, nobody, nobody said anything at the shop or anything, but I would assume eventually. Yeah. I mean, the, the taxes and everything that's going up in California is just ridiculous. Just everything yeah. in California is just getting out of hand. So as a business, yeah. it's it's one of those things where you got to start looking at different avenues. Florida is a great destination. You guys, you know, people have the, you know, KTM is working with Alden and everything. So I've heard I've heard rumors not about KTM, but just the industry in general. A lot of people are looking at Florida and Georgia and just trying to figure out different avenues. And if it was going to happen, it wouldn't happen for the next five to ten years, I would imagine. But I wouldn't be surprised if SoCal becomes Florida, for sure. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But could you see yourself living in Florida? I don't, dude. Florida's hot. 
I don't know if I could do it. Yeah, I've never been to uh to Florida when it's really hot, but we were there for Minios this year and it was it was just hectic, man. There's yeah. a lot going on and I don't know, Florida's Florida's different. It is a little different. It's very flat too. Like that's the craziest thing to me is like California is so the climates are so different. You know, you go to Mammoth and you'll be at ten thousand feet. And then you go to Lodi and it's like sea level, you know what I mean? But there's still some mountains and still some elevation. But I think that's the craziest thing, like where Florida and Indiana and those states, like it's flat, dude. Like there ain't shit going on. It's no. it's not fun. Like there's nothing no. to look at. No scenic, no views or anything. No. So. No. Very rough drive. But for you, dude, like now you, you've traveled a lot. You know, you were you were Max's... So for people who don't know, TJ is now Max Volan's mechanic. I don't know if I mentioned that. If I didn't, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. But TJ works for Max Volan, up-and-coming 250 rider, factory Red Bull KTM East Coast lights rider. And you guys just recently moved up to the big bikes, to 250s. But before, you guys were traveling in a sprinter for the last, I don't know, five years, going to Loretta's, going to Minio's, Texas. Uh, I don't know if you guys did Ponker or not, but I mean – You've traveled quite a few miles in a sprinter. So what's that like going from a sprinter now to uh airplane life? Yeah, it's, uh, so it's been the last three years. Uh, we never, uh, we never did minios. This was the only, this last year was the only year we did it just to get the license. Yeah. Yeah. That's stupid licensing that made you guys ride a supercross track. That's so much like the real supercross. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, gotta love AMA. Uh, but it's, uh, it's a good time. Um, it's rough at times. Don't get me wrong. Especially some of the privateer days, uh, you know, in some of the more rundown lower homes. Yeah. Um, the Springer van was, was fun. Um, we always stayed in hotels, you know, or just drove straight through. So, um, but yeah, you just do your bike work in the parking lot and hang out and, Kind of do your thing. Yeah. That's cool. So, I mean, speaking of hanging out, before you got hooked up with Max, I mean, you were a privateer mechanic for a long time. Um, you know, worked with some Alex Ray. I believe you worked at TPJ for a little bit. Like, how, mm-hmm. what, what got you, like, what made you become a mechanic? How long you been? How long have you been a mechanic? Because, I mean, I've, like, seen you, but I didn't really know who you were. And then I kind of put a face to the name after I, like, Emma kind of showed me who you were. So I was like, oh, shit, like, I've seen him because I... Ryan from No Toil did stuff from with TPJ and then Preston Moe used to work for Strix. So, I mean, I've seen, I've been in the pits for a while, but um, you also changed quite a bit too. So, I mean, you lost a lot of weight. So, for you, like, you've been grinding for a long time and now you've, you know, made it to where everybody dreams of being as a factory, factory mechanic. Yeah. So, I started off uh, right out of, right after I graduated high school in 2015. Okay. Uh, when I was 18. Old. Um, I got hooked up with a guy out of Stockton, Gus Decker. Oh yeah, um, who, Gus. Yep, yep. And he ran uh, Team Gus, uh, Godfather Privateer Racing. Um, and basically, I just found his email and emailed him a bunch of times until he finally gave me an interview. Um, and then he he brought me on the road in 2015, and uh, I worked with Scotty Winterstrom. Okay. That season, mm-hmm. and then 
And then Gus was, when did Gus like kind of fade out? 2017? No, he was, well, so he was around after, uh, you know, Team Gus faded away because he drove for one of the kids he used to haul a bike for. Okay. Um, but he, Team Gus ended in between Supercross and Outdoors basically of 2015. And then I got hooked up with uh, Crossland Racing for Outdoors. Okay. Of 15. Who'd you work for there? I was kind of their, uh, their, like, uh, extra guy, like, intern mechanic. Okay. Kind of, like, helper on the weekend, you know? Yeah. Yep. Did Um, you ever do the Tedder program at all or no? Nope. Nope. Uh, I knew that with the guys there at the time. Um but no, never did work with the tenders. Okay. Yeah, because I remember like a, that was a, a pretty big thing back in like 2013, 14. Like they had that intern program. And uh, mm-hmm. I almost went for it one time. And then I was like, dude, like I just, it, I've talked to a few people and like you don't make any money. And it's all just yeah, it's, strictly a learning experience. And I was like, ah, it's like I love dirt bikes, but I don't know if I want to go work that hard and not make any money. Yeah, so. no, it, it's hard. Um yeah, we were we were starting out making like hundred bucks a week. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's real tough. So you, I didn't know you're. So you're originally from NorCal. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I grew up in El Dorado Hills, right out there by Hankstown. Who'd you mostly hang out with? Like, who who's your like your clique? Uh, so I actually didn't really grow up in the moto industry. Okay. Uh, I grew up playing football and stuff like that, and we we just trail road uh in the off season gotcha uh, but uh i always loved working on stuff you know okay and then uh in high school i met one of my best friends um who was just kind of like a local 250b rider at the time and i started going to the track with him and and that's just kind of when i decided i was gonna go the, the dirt bike route gotcha okay cool that makes makes sense um yeah. And then, I mean, was that the goal to be a, like, did you just want to help him out or was the goal to be a factory mechanic? Uh, kind of both. I sort of already had my mindset on being a factory mechanic. Um, but I've always had my mindset on just being involved, uh, in any sort of racing. Okay. Um, but dirt bikes is something that, that I knew and knew pretty well. So, Yeah. What do you, like, for you, like, now that you are, you've been a, you've worked for Max for a while, so you've kind of seen the factory side a little bit, but now it's full bore, like, trailer, semi, anything you need at your hand, you know, at your exposure, like, it's wide open, Um, you know, Max is the guy, so for you, like, what's the biggest thing that's, like, really surprised you now that you guys are, like, the guys? Oh, uh... And it's all, it's all pretty, pretty surreal, you know, just like the parts and, and everything like that. But we honestly, I think what surprises me the most is how much, or not how much, but we actually rebuild and service a lot more than we just, you know, throw away and grab brand new. Okay. Um, that's changed because it used to be like everything got thrown away. Like I remember 
you know, I've had yeah, I mean, a couple of mechanics on, and they're like, dude, like we back in the day, it was like you just clamps, throw them away, plastics, throw them away. Like now, it's yeah, I mean, graphics stuff like plastic and and stuff like that. You know, we still you know toss or throw down the practice bike and then you know run that for a little while and then throw it away. But um, everything like handlebars, clamps, stuff like that, we all reuse it as long as you know it's not pants or super beat up yeah okay so you try to now is that that that's the team or is that kind of you too like do you, do you like using stuff as much as possible or because some guys are picky some guys are like i want brand new every ride some guys like you know i can get three four five rides out of this or kind of how are you or how is max like is there certain things like I, I have to have things changed every time i go out or is it kind of just run what you brung type mm-hmm. stuff max actually likes things pretty broken Okay. Uh, like when we when we build a brand new bike, he's one of the ones that wants to put a few hours on it. Gotcha. Uh, before he races it. Okay. Just kind of get everything loose and getting get some feel some flex out of it, not have everything being so tight. Yeah, he loves his steering loose, like sketchy loose. <laughs> I've seen him like get a little like he always throws it around the bike after the after he finishes the race. I always like notice that kind of stuff about him. Like it's like he still, yeah. still has like that I'm riding an O set mentality. Uh huh. Yeah, it is. I have it's a fine line between having play in the headset and the right, you know, the right feeling. Yeah, you're like you you do like the pinky, the old pinky trick where you like do the or not pinky but index finger and like you touch the bars and you see how much it like goes from left to right and you just flick it yeah. and it's just all the way to the right or all the way to the left. <laughs> just yep. yeah, no just, hesitation. Yeah, no, just free fall. <laughs> I don't know how he rides with that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah I'll grab like you know go to put uh, Mark or Coop Spike in the trailer and they don't run anything crazy crazy stiff but i'll just like go to move their bars and it'll throw me off at first like whoa you're like i'm not used to that yeah i'm not used to that at all that's insane i would never thought that but that's i mean every rider's different right comfort's a huge thing for these guys so it's uh that's pretty nutty that i would never thought that especially in supercross like you would think with whoops and head shakes and rhythms like you'd want that thing pretty stable almost like a stabilizer yeah, you would, that's what you would think, but we just we keep it loose. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Um, hopefully, never mind. I was going to say, hopefully he doesn't tell his women to that, but uh, that's a whole other subject. <laughs> um, and then the other thing, too, for you is you get to work with his dad, um, Talon, which is a great racer, you know, been in the industry a long time, and works for Cherby's. He's like the main guy, one of the main guys at Turbies in USA. So what's that like? I mean, it's got to be pretty cool to have his knowledge too, you know, with, with Max and seeing those two grow. And then, you know, his his brother and, and grandpa, of course, too. Like, there's just so much knowledge and education over there at that family. Yeah. Yeah, it's been uh, – I've honestly been really fortunate to be able to work with them over the past few years. Um, Talon like as a trainer and as a moto dad is, is pretty fantastic. He never, like you see a lot of moto dads losing their cool and yelling and screaming and stuff like that. And Talon's always like good race, bad race, always has a cool head. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
they're a really good family to work with. He's kind of instilled into Max, like, hey, like, you know what to do. Like, you have a job to do. And, like, if you do a bad, I'm not going to remind you and I'm not going to yell at you because you know you did. Like, Max is probably at the point now to where he puts so much pressure on himself where he doesn't need his dad also kicking and screaming at him as well. Yeah. And even, you know, we've had our bad races or bad days of practice or whatnot. And it's always, you know, what can we do to fix it for the next moto or what can we do to fix it for the next day? You know, there's no point in focusing on a bad moto. Right. Yeah. There's always going to be more, right? There's no, you can't change the past. So why dwell on it? Exactly. That's awesome. Um, I mean, how did that all happen? Like for you, like I said, you're a privateer mechanic. I mean, what, what made you get hooked up with those guys? Did you just kind of go introduce yourself at Hangtown or like, what did you submit a resume? Like what was the uh, strategy sort of, behind so, that? Um, like you mentioned, Talon's one of the main guys at a Cherubies. Yep. And when he was, uh, what race was it? Um, when the national still went to Salt Lake, um, at Miller Motorsports Park. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, he was he was there, and he was visiting with our manager, Guy Cooper. And after they were done talking, I went up and introduced myself. You know, and said, "Hey, my name's TJ. You know, I'm a mechanic from NorCal. Uh, call me if you need anything." Okay. And then, uh, and then, yeah, after the nationals that year, right before Dodge, he called me, and I helped him prep a few bikes and hung out with him at Dodge out there at Hangtown, and then uh, that was, yeah, just kind of stayed in touch with them ever since then. So is that kind of like Max, right when Max got in 85s? Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was that was pretty much his 65 to 85 transition. <clears throat> totally. Okay, that makes sense. It's crazy how Dodge was like a huge race back in the day, and today, I mean, today it's still a pretty big one, but it's like back in the day, it, that was like the one. Like it was like Mammoth, Dodge, um, yeah, Texas, like those were the those were the ones. Yeah, it's definitely nothing like it used to be. I mean, it is it's shrunk a lot. Yeah, uh, for sure it has. But I it think, used to be go ahead. Had one of the big like every factory kid, every support truck was there. But yeah, it, it yeah. was one like you. You would take a drone and like there was, I mean, I remember a time when there was like semis that would show up. Not a lot, but there was a, there was a couple like Eric McCrum and I think year one year rode out of a semi. Um, Topher Ingalls was there too. But yeah, Cowie would yeah. show up. Thousand Oaks Yamaha would show up. Um, yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was it, that pro 250B, 450B, 250A, 450A class. Like those were stacked. Like it was some good racing. Yeah. What yeah. about, what about Los Banos? Did you ever go to Los Banos? I didn't, nope. Dude, you missed out on Los Banos. So, yeah, so I talked to our test writer, Ryan Marias. Oh, yeah. Dude, that's yeah. the stomping grounds. Uh-huh. Yeah, Sherlock. I talk about that every once in a while, but I never went. I was more, uh, I was closer to Sack Raceway. Yeah, Sack Raceway is still, I mean, I, I cannot believe Max goes out there. I mean, not now, but when he was on his 85 and his 125, it's like, you're going to just ruin some kid's dreams, hopes and dreams of riding a dirt bike, and you go out there and just kill him. Dude, we had, I had a dad trying to fight me in a mechanics area one no, year. No, really? Oh, yeah. Like, it just because Max is whopping everybody? Yeah. So, we don't, like, when we go there, we're like, hey, 
here's our sign up money. Don't even put his name on the list. We're just here for the gate drop, you know? Yeah. And, uh, it was right before Mammoth, I think, because we go there just to practice concrete starts. And um, this dad was just going on and on about how that kid needs to be, like, ejected and this and that. And I'm just, like, getting a kick out of it. He's like, that kid's a pro. And I'm like, that kid's 12. Um, and, you know, that started some more shit. But That's um, amazing. I, yeah, I just walked away. It was, it was, you know, more funny than anything, but... Um, you know, people get so, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's where Max's biggest rivalries are from, dude. <laughs> Can't go to Sack Raceway because old TJ is going to get fond of mechanics area. Man, we have a uh, Max will triple the finish line there, you know, yeah, and yeah. it will guys to also attempt it. And it's, it's not good. No. And it, it's no. like, it's pretty easy if you can clear the last uh, whoop like smooth, but it's like uh-huh. when an eighty five do it does it like the fans just lose their mind. Yeah, it, like they just because I remember back in the day when when Stanky used to do it and he would race the pro am pro am class on his eighty five and he would just kill dudes on their two fifties and like people would want to fight him all the time. <laughs> it was yeah. great. Dude, that's how it was. Like, people just get so worked up. And even uh, we would race REM at Glen Helen, and Max would be racing, um, like, the expert class or whatever on his 250. And guys would just come in and try to clean him out, like, full takeout. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. They, yeah. yeah they like, do it's not. Still, they, it's, like, it's like getting beat by a girl. Like, they don't. Yeah. They, like, they take dude, it personal. Some 24-year-old dude on a. 450 just come not even try to turn yeah and blow off the track <sighs> dude people just get feisty feisty yeah um speaking of sack raceway i've been talking to daniel uh blair and i think he's gonna maybe try to help out with that series because his evan still races there and i've known the owners since i was on p-dubs great family but mm-hmm. I think I think there's a lot of potential out there, honestly. If um, if someone like the, if someone like Daniel got behind it and and helped out, yeah, yeah. I, to be honest with you, there's really good dirt out there. Um, they just it just needs to, you know, kind of be worked a little better, and and the the jumps need to be redone. But um, but yeah, I think there's a lot of potential. Yeah, I would agree. Like the layout, like you can have a cool layout. The lights are rad. Like. They have a good mm-hmm. consistent schedule to every other Friday night. Like, you know what I mean? People know what they're going to get when they show up. So I, I agree with you. I think it's one of those things to where the potential's there. It just needs to get kind of innovated. It, it's still in the same same phases it was. You know, if I was to go back or my dad was to go back, he'd be like, man, this place is the same as what it was when it was in, in the 90s. And, you know, that some town would say <laughs> something. Like, it's not much has changed. So, Yeah. But for you, like, let's um, talk a little bit more about but- you. Um, mechanic getting hooked up with Max. Max is pretty. Seems like he's pretty easy on equipment. Would you say that's true? Yeah. Okay. The other guy that used to work for named Alex Ray. I've heard he's hard on equipment. Yeah, that was that was a tough one. He okay. would just abuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, not, not you know, he's not out there like trying to beat on it. Yeah. Um. 
he's just he's just gnarly on a motorcycle. Yeah, he's he's came a long way though. I mean, two digit number, like he's making a name for himself for sure. Um, did mm-hmm. you ever kind of see that happening for him, or did you think he was just going to be another privateer? Like, what was it like wrenching for him? Yeah, so in 2016, um, it was him and Derek Rankin was his mechanic, and then uh, we also had Michael Akaiden under our tent, and that's who I wrenched for, and we had Spider Energy as a sponsor. Um, and so I've gotten to work with Alex. Well, I even knew him in 2015 when he was on Team Gus. So I've kind of known him since the beginning. Okay. Um, when he was still 314 and, and 230 pounds. Uh, big boy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was big. Okay. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I definitely, I would say I did see it coming because he worked hard. Like, Alex bust his ass. Give him um, a hard time? What was that? Like, you give him a hard time or he busts his ass? He busts his ass. Okay. Like, like, just works hard, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, he, he really does. Like, he's he's pretty goofy and he's a funny guy, but uh, but he does take it seriously and and he works really hard. No, it seems like it seems like he wants to be one of those guys. I mean, when I when he got on Factory Yamaha for that fill in ride, like you could see see some stuff, and he just the way he was presenting himself and social media and everything, like you can tell like he wants to be up there, like he wants to almost be like a next Weston Pike, you know what I mean? Just privateer for so long, and then finally get a chance and find somebody that will stick with him because he's so thankful, you know, very um, willing to go f- go that full length and you know, put the time in and, and put the extra work in to keep that ride, um, kind of like hard work over talent type of, type of situations. Yeah, definitely. And he just, yeah, it just seems like he always just has like the dumb stuff happen to him, you know, like, like stuff that's out of his control, like a pipe falling off or whatever it is. It's always like, gosh, yeah. Yeah. Like it's always not, it always seems to not always be directly his fault. Yeah, I can see that. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, there's a we have a family close to us. I go around with them. The seller is Papa T and his son Cole. Like, we go around with all of them, and they they've known the, that family for a long time. And so they get to, they get excited when they see him make a main and stuff. And it's cool to you know see those kids that you've known for a long time, you know, still racing and and still trying to go for it. Cause like said, he's only really been doing it since 2015 and he never really rode two fifties. He's always been just four fifties. So it's one of those things to where he's kind of been in that top tier class for his whole career. Yeah. pretty much. I don't know what year he started. I'm not sure if 2015 was actually his first year or not. Okay. Um, I think he might've actually done a year or two before that also on the team guest program. Um, but I'm not, I'm not 100 sure on that. Yeah, but I'm uh, pretty sure like he's been on 450s as long as I've known. Because I remember when he was 314 on a Cowie. And yeah, yeah. The the common thing to do, at least um, back when we were all still full blown privateers, was as soon as you made a 250 night show, you know, you were able to race 450s and you could make an extra 500 bucks. You know, if you make the 450 night show, so you just race 450s. Yeah, less wear and tear on the bike, it, and then, like you said, yeah. more money. 
yeah, you can almost race, you know, a stock bike. You just put a muffler on it to pass down and, you know, you don't have to spend five grand on a mod motor. And, yeah, do all that yeah. stuff, the the ins and outs. Speaking yeah. of uh, passing sound, you've done any tricks or anything to pass down? You put any uh, paper towels or any bags over the air filters? You been doing anything like that? Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No. no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> oh. No, so we see, to be honest with you, uh, even as a privateer, I've never had a problem with a KTM passing sound. Like, I've never had to do any of those tricks. I believe it. The new fact, like, uh, like I just mentioned, Cole, he just got a new factory edition Husky. And I get, I haven't heard it yet, but I guess that thing's like stupid quiet, like really quiet. And it's got an FMF on it. And usually FMF is known for being pretty loud. Well, yeah, we, we actually, they're not protesting due to, uh, due to COVID. Oh, okay. So, I don't know how my current bike would do, but it's pretty quiet. I I miss the old bikes. Like I remember back in the day, like oh five oh six. Like you go to San Francisco Supercross, and those PC bikes just were so raspy, but they sounded just unreal. Like they were sick. Um, yeah, and I miss I miss that. I wish they'd bring that back to. They just had that like you can hear it. You know what I mean? They they just had that bark to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, Maybe one day, maybe one day. But for you, Max was kind of thrown into the wolves a little bit, I would say. Um, you know, the the plan from what everybody was thinking and whatever but all the rumors were is you guys were going to do another year amateur and wait to go pro at outdoors, but you kind of got an opportunity to move up early. Um, can you talk about that at all? Can you kind of give us some insight to moving up to, uh... to Supercross early? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know like every single detail, but you pretty much got it. Uh, you know, Max's original plan was to stay amateur until outdoors 2021. Okay. Um, but this year, after our Loretta's, um, you know, and then the gas gas transition started happening, Max just got the opportunity to stay with KTM, mm-hmm. but with that opportunity he was going to have to go pro, um, you know, this January. So, okay. So yeah, just kind of got everything ready to go. You guys had to go do mini O's and do that. And it's funny how mini O's two people are like, Oh, Max didn't ride that good. And it's like, dude, like he's here just to get his points and get the heck out. Like they're not coming here for a title. Like it's crazy to me how like some people just get so involved in like the details and like don't really look at like the silver lining. It's just like, Oh, he rode like crap. He's, he's not going to make it. You know what I mean? But it's like yeah, take a step back, guys. <laughs> yeah, there was there was definitely a lot of people um are I guess talking after that. Um but it was uh man, if you didn't get a top five start there, anything behind top five was dangerous. Yeah. You know, just guys taking each other out left and right, you know, cross jumping. It was sketchy. Just way too fast of a track. There was no, you know, technicality to the track at all. No. It was just wide open bottle um, into big wide open bowl corners. Yeah, if um, anybody has never doesn't know what Minios ha- is, or if you never watch video, like almost all the top sixty fives are jumping everything at 
Minios. <clears throat> Almost all the top. Yeah, 50 guys. I, you're probably right. Yeah, like I think Aiden Steinbrecher and a couple other guys were jumping a lot of the stuff there. So um, it's nothing there to really separate anybody. So No, but gosh, there were kids getting hurt left and right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like you said, it's a really fast track and very small. I think the lap yep. times were like right under a minute, I believe. Um, or right over a minute, maybe. But yeah, there's, it's pretty sketchy. I mean, it's a cool track. Like if I was a racer and I wanted something to train on with like me and like five other buddies, it'd be cool, but I would definitely not want to race on it. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, but yeah, we just went there, you know, the, the deal was top 20 gets a pro license and, and I don't want to say that was like our, our goal, but that was just, you know, what we, we had to make sure we did. So we didn't really have any pressure on us besides, you know, make sure you come back with a pro license. Yeah. And leave here in one piece. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Um, now you have your pro license, you're ready for Supercross. What kind of what was your prep like? You're, I'm assuming you're living in SoCal full time. Um, yeah. So you're you're down there. You're going to KTM Marietta's race shop now. What's what's that been like? What's the transition been like? The uh, going to the practice tracks and you know r- being right next to Cooper Webb and Carlos and Frankie. You know, like you're working with guys that've been in the industry, but while you and I were in diapers, you know what I mean. So it's got to be pretty cool. Yeah. No. It's uh. It's pretty surreal and. Uh, Everybody in the shop, Carlos, Frankie, um, our engine guys, Leighton and Kelly, like they just, they're extremely knowledgeable and they're all willing, you know, to take the time to show me things or um, teach me something that I don't know. Uh, so it's been, it's been pretty great. That's awesome. Yeah. It's one of those yeah. kind of those things that it sounds cliche, but like you learn something new every day. There's probably some stuff you're like, man, like I would have never thought of that or like, or yeah. small things, you know what I mean? Like to just kind of yeah, all the small things, you know. I just like I've been framing bikes for five years, and then I get to factory KTM, and like the first time I do it, I like completely relearn how to do it. I'm like, holy crap! Really? Uh, yeah, like you guys have just shed so much light on, and it's all just the little things, you know. Like assembly lube, or like what? What was something that kind of like stood out to you? You're like, holy! Like I never would have thought of that. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's stuff like, like that. It's more just, uh, you know, the process of, of the way they tear down and, and more the way they build. Yeah. Kind of like um, how you might've went front to back, but they go back to front maybe type of deal, like for weight or just, uh, yeah, more, speed or the style. Like I've always, you know, I've always just torn down and washed and kind of, put everything back together at once but like they build you know everything in sections like they'll build the subframe with the airbox and everything complete and then when you go to put your bike together you really just have like three or four big sections you're putting together you know you're not trying to build a whole entire bike at one time oh okay so like yeah it's like they'll put the clamps on the forks already and then throw the whole stem up through there yep yeah and the frame will just be sitting there and then, you know, you'll go build the back half of your bike and then, you know, drop your motor in. And then you, when you're ready for your subframe, you know, your airbox, all your electrical is already mounted on it, et cetera, et cetera. So it's just a little like process stuff like that. Okay. Um, that makes it a little quicker. That's cool though. Like, I mean, it's, 
it's almost like you get like jitters almost, you know what I mean? Like it's gotta be surreal for, for a quick minute. And of course you've been doing it now for a long time, but I know like when you first meet a rider or whatever, you kind of get like those goosebumps, but then you like, now you're like one of the guys. So like, that's cool that they welcomed you in and they're not kind of giving you the shun a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, I didn't have the job originally. Okay. Uh, they had, uh, like their test mechanic, um, you know, at the time, and he was originally going to take the position and then decided not to. And then at that point, KTM being a corporation, they had to open up to interviews. And so um, I was able to interview with KTM. And then after that, they brought me in for a few weeks and I was able to work with them uh, for about a month. And then after that, they told me I was hired. Isn't that crazy though? Like how, cause I know that happened a little, uh, I believe with Cameron Camara too. He was working with McAdoo and I think he still got to stay on with McAdoo for a minute at Geico, but then I believe he just kind of was his practice mechanic, but it's, it's crazy how like you work with these kids for so long. And then when they get to that corporate level, it's like a whole new ball game. There's so much paperwork and so much like back end stuff that goes into it. It's not like just an easy transition. There's so much more yeah. paper, like there's so much more that goes into it when you get to that next step. Yeah, and I mean it is just, it's just uh, you know the factories have you know the guys on their team that they've known for however long and they know how they work and that they work well with everybody else, so they don't want to you know bring somebody else on. So yeah, I understood the thing at the time, like I wasn't. It was just kind of it, it, it was what it was, you know. Um, but I was extremely fortunate to get the opportunity to come back. And, um, but man, talk about a nervous interview sitting there with Ian and Roger. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. Just like man. hands in your pockets, like just like sweating, like, uh, uh, what's oh, yeah. step brothers. Uh, is there like a Pam Pam thing to him? Like, you're like, just <laughs> <laughs> so nervous. Oh man. And then, uh, and then one day, we were doing an engine swap at the track for a test. Um, and Roger was there and he's like, just, just watching over my shoulder. And I'm like, Oh man, this is it. If I screw something now, I'm not coming tomorrow. Dude, that's crazy. Like I, that's cool though. Like, I mean, that's, that's experience that you'll, you'll never be able to get back. You know what I mean? It's like moments like that. You remember for like the, you know, the rest of your life. So that's pretty yeah. cool. Man, I, yeah, I'd be, I'd be a nervous wreck, just sweating, just shaking, like just Dude, like a couple <laughs> weeks, like quiet, and just didn't say much, and you know, yeah, he's testing the waters on you. He's seeing, seeing what you were like. Yeah, I think a lot of those old school guys like that too. Like Mitch, I think it's the same way too. Like Mitch is kind of standoffish. Like you don't know if he likes you, you don't know, you know what I mean. Like, and then you got to kind of work for him for a little bit, and then that, and then you kind of break the ice, you know, and and work closer with them and but i think Mm -hmm. it's like those things they have to they have to see you and you have to like almost earn their respect you know even though you're you're there on the team and you're getting a paycheck you still have to earn their respect and and get that recognition from them not just oh yeah like i'm on the team you know what i mean yeah everybody's got to earn their spot and yeah you know and earn their respect 100 percent um that's awesome 
Yeah, speaking of earning your spot, uh, huge thanks to Spot Network TV, the fastest growing streaming service. A huge shout out to those guys for coming on board and helping us start this show and, and get this show off, off the ground. So huge thanks to Spot Network TV, Works Connection, Bell Ray, Scott Goggles, and Motion Pro. Um, super thankful to have those guys on board. You you use some of their stuff. I know you use probably some Motion Pro tools. Uh, I believe Works Connections involved with you guys as well too. Do you have like a favorite like Motion Pro tool that kind of comes to mind for you? Dude, I'm a bead buddy guy. Are you? Oh yeah. You know what my nickname is with Emma's dad, don't you? No. Bead buddy. Is it? That's funny. Ask him about it next time you see Steve. Ask him like, hey, I heard you got a friend named Bead Buddy. And he'll tell you the story. Yeah. But yeah, that that's funny, dude. That's that's hilarious, yeah. honestly. Yeah, so you know what's funny is like my first one of my first couple of weeks in the shop, I'm changing a tire and Ian's in there and he looks at it and he's like, Who made that for you? And I'm like, Whoa, what are you like, what are you talking about? It's it's a motion pro bead buddy and he's like, A what? And he's like, I back when I was started out when I was your age I had somebody make me a tool like that for changing tires to make it easier. I've never seen like another one. And I'm like, Oh yeah, no, it's just like a pretty popular thing. Yeah. You're like, this is like a must have in a toolbox. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. You're like, you're like, this is a gauge. Like, have you seen one of these? Like these have been around for a while. This is, this is their digital gauge. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very technological. So He's like, yeah, I used to have one. Like, you know, I had somebody make me something just like it, but he'd never seen like their actual Motion Pro bead buddy. He's like, he's gonna send Motion Pro an email. I'm like, yeah, hey, I, I need copyrights for this. <laughs> <laughs> those guys make every. I feel like those guys knows how to make everything. Like Roger and Ian, like their their knowledge and just will to like just go into their brains and find something and make it and create it. I it just seems unreal oh, to yeah. me. Yeah, that even just like just the like the even the pretty simple machine work. Um, you know, I needed a ten millimeter socket turned down on the lathe, you know, to fit somewhere better. And Roger did it in like ten minutes, and he gave me the socket back, and it didn't even look like it had ever been touched by a lathe. Like it looked like it came right off the shelf. That's incredible. Just little yeah. factory, this little factory snippets like that. It's like, hey, I just need to make this ten millimeter fit this this uh, bolt better. Okay, cool. Give it to me. I'll throw yeah. it on the lay here. <laughs> no yeah. problem. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. That's insane. Like, just the factories make such cool stuff too. Like, uh, I was looking at Cowie's like inside. I think it was either Tomax or AC's bike, and just looking at some of the parts and just some of that stuff it's got to be pretty surreal to see some of those those factory parts yeah we actually like our bikes are pretty pretty simple and there's not that much that's that's far from from production you know um you know we have we do have like factory stuff but there's nothing yeah for the most part a a lot of stuff's available to the public yeah, for the most part, yeah. I mean, there's not, I don't really know how to describe it. There's not anything that's been totally, like, blows me, blows me, like, blows my mind, you know? Right. 
Do you guys use any data on your guys's bike? Like any out of this world data? Because I, I, there was like an article going around like Jet was using like two brake lines, and everybody's like, "Well, one's got to be data." And uh, oh, yeah, that was a whole thing. Um, but no, we don't. We did on our practice bike for a while, uh, just so that um, you know Ian could look it over and kind of learn how Max rides the bike. Okay, uh, through stuff like that. Um, but Max is so easy on things and he's not, uh, he's not picky as far as like suspension or, or engine settings or anything. As long as the bike feels good, like he'll ride it. Um, so That's pretty we cool. don't, yeah, we don't, uh, yeah, we don't run suspension data, but we do, we do run engine data. Okay. Yeah. You kind of just try to find his comfort zone and then just get those baseline settings and then kind of go from there pretty much. Yeah. And the engine stuff, we can at least compare, um, some stuff to four fifty. you know, uh, just so Max knows like where he's letting off in a corner versus where who from Mars letting off in a corner and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. That's, that would be, yeah, that's, that would be really cool to see that stuff. Just to have that knowledge, like, you know, why is Cooper two seconds a lap faster? Because we've seen it before where 250 guys will have some of the fastest lap times of the day. You know, Craig did that at the first round. So, I mean, those two, mm-hmm. those 250s can definitely be the same lap times as the 450. So that's cool for Max to see that and see, like, where he can make up time. That's that's probably a huge advantage for sure. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. That's, that's cool. awesome. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Now, for you, like... You guys, like I said, you did seven rounds. Well, no, six rounds, six and a half. For you, like, what what's those been like? You know, I know Max is just trying to get his feet wet. You're trying to get your feet wet. But, like, are you guys happy? Like, of course, you're not happy. You know, Max, unfortunately, got hurt. But it was a, it was a minor injury, nothing that's going to sideline him for a long time. But for you, like, it seems like he was progressing every round. You know, outside looking in, yeah. I, would, I would imagine, you know, Talon Stoke, Ian and Roger Stoke, yeah. you're Stoke. We were all really stoked, um, especially round one uh, with, you know, with the ninth. And we just wanted to get top 10 and uh, and stay healthy, um, you know, and we kept doing that until until we didn't do that. Uh, so, um, yeah, he dislocated his hip during qualifying at Indy 1. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sucks. Um, but that's about four to six weeks. Um, so yeah, but you guys no, will be, you'll be back at a hundred percent. I'd imagine by the time um, round nine comes around, eight comes around. Yeah, I think uh, right now um, we'll probably just uh, just more focus on outdoors. Okay, um, not really force him into worrying about Supercross, um, just because you know this, we're not like chasing a championship or anything. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, that's, I would say that's a better plan. Plus Max, you know, does a really good job with the heat and doing those long motos. Um, seems like it's kind of his, like Loretta's like, he didn't even look like he was tired. And I mean, granted, like he was working the field, but it just seemed like with that heat, that heat and those long motos, like it didn't really bother him that much. Yeah, no, he's, uh, he was really fit, um, on the 125. Uh, so I think, Outdoors will be pretty fun, but we'll we'll see. It's, it is a whole another animal. So. Yeah, and the class is going to be stacked if everybody's healthy. Um, you got a lot of rookies yeah. that are coming in, and you know Max, of course, is a rookie, so 
these mm-hmm. guys are going to be going for, for blood. Um, so I think he's going to, I think he's going to have a tall order, but if he gets starts, like he's been getting in supercross, he's definitely proved that he can run up front for sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, if, if our starts are there, I think it'll be a pretty good year. Yeah. No, I, I expect big things out of him and I'm excited to see what the future holds. But for you, like, what do you, th- as a mechanic, like, what do you think about the COVID, the, the rules, like, and just so being all- in a stadium? Yeah, that's all been a lot different because my first few years in the pit, like as a privateer, um, you know, it was normal, I guess. Like it was the old normal. Yeah. Uh, And so we would bounce around from truck to truck and hang out with each other and, you know, like all the regular pit stuff you would do, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that's all been pretty different and, you know, having to stay – they pretty much keep us in our pit. We can't really roam from truck to truck or anything like that. And we got to, you know, have masks on at all times and everything like that. So it's, it's definitely different. Um, not being able to ride on the back of the bike sucks, especially some of these stadiums. We've had some far walks for yeah. the, the staging. Yeah. I heard Houston is, is a big one. And then Indy wasn't really that big, but it was just cold as heck. Like it was yeah. freezing. <laughs> yeah, uh, Max let me use his mountain bike in Houston, but dude, I just got a workout. Like I haven't been on a bicycle in a while. Let me tell you, <laughs> you're like I'm not cut out for this. Yeah, no, and it got to the point where I would uh, follow Max, you know, and then we'd get to the hill because there'd be like a hill, and you'd go over a bridge to get to the stadium, right? And I'd yell at Max. I'd be like, "Hey, hey!" And I would just grab the rear fender, and he would just pull me up the hill. That's awesome. You need to get one of those yeah. like electric scooters that everybody has. Yeah, so Max ended up buying one of those. We had one in Indy. Okay, cool. Yeah. You're like, Max, go buy this, and then put it on your taxes. Have, tell your, yeah, dad, tell your dad to write it off. <laughs> I didn't even tell him to get it. Like He just showed up, just rolled up to Indy on this thing. I was like, dang, man. That's like okay. that's like the trend though. Like you see all the Racer X photos. Like nobody cares about pictures of the bike. It's who's showing up on what scooter this weekend. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's doing like track previews and like it's all scooter photos. It's <laughs> hilarious. But for you, like the residency, like what was that like? Staying in, in a place for a week and like the tracks kind of being similar but different. Did you guys like, did like the team like that? Did you like that? Like what was like the morale um, under the truck? Uh, I mean it was. It was fine. Like, we all work really well together. Um, you know, there's no issues there or anything. But it was, a, like, it's a lot of work, you know, going Saturday yeah. to, you know, tear down and build the bike Sunday to then Monday, the tech inspection and all that stuff again. And then Tuesday racing, Wednesday tear down, build, everything like that. Thursday you get a day off as long as, your guy doesn't want to ride or test. And then Friday, you know, tech inspection, all that, et cetera. And then mm-hmm. Saturday racing. And then Sunday, tear down and build and then fly back. So it's, okay. it's a lot. It, it'll definitely cook you. Um, but it's, uh, I do, I would say I like it. Um, just because you kind of, especially being a 250 guy, we've knocked out the majority of our season within a few weeks. Right. So, uh, and even especially now, 
uh, with Max being hurt. Uh, we got hurt at round, what was it, six, but, or yep. round five or six. But, um, January 29th. Yeah, but he'll still be healed and ready to go before outdoors. So if that was round six of a regular schedule, we'd probably miss the first couple rounds of outdoors. Okay. So like, what's your work week look like right now? Do you have a work week with him being out? Like what's like, what, uh, like what's a, what's a factory mechanic do when their riders down and not really have it, have any races coming up? Yeah. So we always have, uh, stuff to test, um, with my, okay. um, so I've been track with him, uh, not every day, but pretty much a few days a week. And then, you know, just little odds and ends around the shop and stuff like that. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, there's, there's plenty for you to do then is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something to do. There's, yeah, there's definitely always something to do. Yeah. And then you come, and then you come back to the house, right? And you're, and you tell Max, you're like, dude, like Ryan, Ryan's got you covered. Like that, that 35 year old man or whatever he is, is he's, you don't want none of that dude. And just kind of rile him up, rile him up a little bit. I Ryan will hit a set of whoops better than most. Ryan's talented, dude. Like a lot of people forgot forget about Ryan, but he's got a really cool gig over there. And I, I wish they would kind of highlight that stuff more. Like, like it's cool to see those guys doing stuff like that. Like you got him, like KTM, you got IT Tedesco over at Pro, PC. Um, mm-hmm. Honda's gonna probably have somebody eventually. It's it, it seems like that's the direction these teams are going is getting these guys to find the base settings and then going from there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Ryan is, uh, like, just a very talented test rider, not just a talented rider in general. The feedback he gives you is is usually pretty spot on. Um, and he just he just works through things. Like, he's very thoughtful, um, you know, with everything. And I've, I've learned a lot as a mechanic just working with him even the past couple weeks. Yeah, because I mean, he's been in the, in the sport for a long time. I mean, he was on carbureted bikes, he was on PC, he was on Star Yamaha. Like he's been on the top teams in the industry. Yeah, yeah, he's been around. Yeah, for sure. Well, before I let you go, um, what do you think about what do you think about first round? Like, are you glad you didn't race Orlando too? Uh, I don't know. I mean, Max. Max was like one of the best finishing rookies out of both coasts, so uh, I don't really know. To be honest with you, Triple, I didn't pay attention to two fifties. Yeah. Um. But I wasn't like just looking at the results. I wasn't necessarily like super, super involved. By- yeah. Yeah. But results also don't tell you everything. I will say that from experience. Um, you can have a great night and not have a good result. So, yep. um, no, I'm so just, that. I'm just kind of talking more like do that. The, just the carnage, like Jeremy Martin, Alex Martin, McAdoo running over a mechan- uh, a medic, uh, oh. Jared Fry getting caught up in a TV cable. Um, yeah, you just, were just so much weird shit for a two fifty pro main. Yeah. So I was, uh, I was like at home working on my truck with my brother and we had the race on in the TV, like in the garage, you know? Yeah. And, uh, 
one of our buddies was over and he's like, does this always happen? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, they've like restarted twice. And I was like, dude, I don't know what's going on. That's insane. Yeah. You're like, is this, is this the 250 main? Is this C practice? Like what's going on out here? Yeah, I was, I was pretty shocked at all that, but I mean, I guess it happened. Yeah. I mean, it does. I mean, it's one of those things to where like that, that's the first time also that Feld's dealt with that kind of dirt this year. You know, usually you have a couple West coast rounds already. Mm-hmm. Um, and some, for some weird reason, Orlando's got dry, hard packed dirt. And you would never think that being in Florida, like Florida's mostly sand and, you know, uh, loam. But for some reason that Orlando dirt is just hard packed and just concrete and, it's just, I don't know if Fell just wasn't ready for it or if they were just like, we want to make the track more difficult. But it just seemed like, you know, we lost a lot of good dudes first night, first night out. And then also AC too. AC, Ectic Nap. I mean, there's a lot of people that are that got hurt this weekend. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think it's a pretty, pretty hard environment to try to rework the dirt in a week too you know yeah. like they only had i don't know if they did a press day but even if they let's say they had six weeks well if it rained three out of or not six weeks six days if it rained three out of those six days well shoot they can't you know do right. too much with because then they're going to make more of a mess yeah i think um, the, the track from what i think somebody said was the track was covered all week okay yeah, so they, they, it was the same layout for the most part, but just a few obstacle changes. Um, mm-hmm. But overall, like it was, it was covered for the most part. Because like mm-hmm. usually, like they'll turn it around, you know, and like try to make it reverse and do this. But like for the most part, it was the same exact layout. Just the uh, just the obstacles were different. Like they were doing some things different. Like there was a step on step off option in one of the rhythm lanes, and then like they were. Being able to triple triple before the finish line, where they weren't really doing that on Saturday, the last Saturday, so just little things like that. But the the lap times were pretty similar to the week before too, so it wasn't anything crazy. I think it just the track broke down just faster this weekend, and it just bit some guys. Hmm. So yeah, it is what it is. But for you getting ready for outdoors, like what's your what's your plan? Like, what are you guys, what are you guys thinking? Do you want to stay in California and train? You know, luckily for you, you didn't have to go on the Alden program or the Mike Brown program. Like, it seems like KTM's kind of letting you do your thing, which is really cool. So, are you guys staying in California? Do you want to go back east and stay back east? Or, like, do you guys have a plan for outdoors yet? No, I don't. Uh, we don't have, like, a set and stone plan yet. I think right now it'll be just mostly staying in California. Okay. Um, and mostly just cause Max with it being his first year, we're just doing, um, you know, a lot of testing, trying to get him comfortable on the bike, uh, especially cause it's also his first year on a 250F also. Um, right. so just being close to the shop and close to the team is a lot easier than, you know, having the overnight stuff and talking to people over the phone and, and all that. Okay. Yeah, make, yeah, it makes it easy when the race shop is right down the street from you, too. Like, you know what I mean? So you guys can go to Paula or go to Glen Helen and, and do your days, and then everything's right there. You don't have to worry about shipping parts out or shipping bikes out yeah. or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think once Max 
you know, gets really comfortable on the bike and, um, you know, and, and kind of grows more as a rider and even knows more what he wants with the bike, mm-hmm. uh, then, then Florida would be a lot easier. Um, just cause, you know, like Cooper and Marvin, they kind of know for the most part, the directions they want to go and stuff like that. So, um, it's not as big of a deal to, you know, yeah. Change everything around. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited, man. I, I like I said, I got high hopes for Max. You know, I've watched him since he was little. We, you know, working at WPS, we work with Talon and Atrebies closely, and you know, Max. He's you know, Talon also used to work at Scott. He's now a Scott athlete, and Scott sponsors the show. So I mean, it's cool to see him come up through the ranks and use these brands that we sell. And I'm really excited to see the future that uh, he has in front of him for sure. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's uh. It's been a lot of fun working with him and, and watching him grow over the past few years. And um, I'm really looking forward to, to kind of keep it going. Hell yeah. No, that's rad. Um, is there anybody you want to thank or anything you want to say before I let you go? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Okay, perfect. Well, again, guys, episode 18. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Spot Network TV, Bell Ray, Motion Pro, Works Connection, and Scott Goggles, who helped Max get to the uh, 250 Lights program. He's wearing Scott's now, made in the USA. So make sure to check those out. Make sure to check Max out on Instagram. Check TJ out on Instagram. What's your Instagram, TJ? Uh, 